What is up, my friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Panthers podcast. This is the final episode of 2018. It's hard to believe that this is the final day of the year, 2018. Tomorrow begins 2019. It also, of course, is wrapping up the 2018 NFL season for the Carolina Panthers as they played their final game of the season yesterday against the New Orleans Saints. And, hey, they actually came away with a victory. They ended their seven-game losing streak. They went into New Orleans. Now, of course, New Orleans didn't have all their starters. You know, Drew Brees didn't play. Alvin Kamara didn't play. But the Panthers nonetheless went out there and they secured a 33-14 victory over the Saints to snap that losing streak, avoid a double-digit lose, double-digit loss season. Uh, the Panthers finished the regular season at seven and nine, and as it turns out, they ended up right smack in the middle of the NFL draft order, at least in the first round. They will have the 16th overall pick in the NFL draft, uh, sitting behind the, and, and first I want to, you know, take a quick note too, to kind of apologize again for, you know, kind of messing up, having some mistakes on my spreadsheet, which caused me to have some, um, you know, misinformation, but everything's fixed now. And it turns out the Panthers had the strongest schedule among the four teams that finished 7-9. Those being the Miami Dolphins, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Washington Redskins, as well as the Panthers. The Panthers uh, finished with a 508 strength of schedule. Again, that was higher than all the other teams. So that's why they end up with the 16th pick, Miami at 13, Falcons at 14, Redskins 15, Panthers 16. And I had a lot of people uh, ask me on Twitter when I posted some stuff about the, the draft order and they saw the Panthers were behind the Falcons. And they're asking me why the Falcons why the Falcons uh, are ahead of the Panthers in terms of draft order. And I, I can understand why people thought the Panthers should be ahead of the Falcons as both both teams went seven to nine. The Falcons swept the Panthers, so technically the, Pan- the the Panthers finished below the Falcons in the draft or in the uh, in the division, as the Panthers actually finished third in the division. Falcons finished second. But remember, strength of schedule is the first tiebreaker in regards to the draft order, not head to head, not division or conference record. Strength of schedule is the first tiebreaker, and the Falcons had the easier schedule. Basically, it comes down to, and like I explained on Twitter, basically it comes down to the fact that the Panthers had the Seahawks on the schedule, who went 10-6, and and the Falcons had the Cardinals on their schedule, who went 3-13, and and of course now own the number one pick in the NFL draft. That's basically what it comes down to. I mean, the other common games or the other non-common games, of course, were the Falcons played the Lions, the, or excuse me, the Falcons played the Packers, the Panthers played the Lions. 
that's almost a wash because those teams basically had the same records. They they both pretty much won six games. You know, technically the Packers, of course, were six nine and one because of the tie. Lions were six and ten, but still that's basically a wash. The big the big gap was the Falcons played the Cardinals, who only had three wins, while the Panthers played the Seahawks, who had ten wins. That's basically your difference as to why the Falcons are picking ahead of the Panthers in the first round. So again, 16th overall pick for the Panthers. Um, I actually just started doing another mock draft for the Panthers since I got a lot of love on my first one. Um, I won't spoil yet, but I will say I gave the Panthers an edge defender, which I know a lot of people want. Uh, edge defender is definitely one of the options I think I, I know my you know in my first mock I gave them a defensive tackle and you know I know some people weren't too thrilled about that but you know the fact of the matter is the defensive tackle position is pretty thin at least in terms of the uh, you know where the Panthers stand you know Vernon Butler has just continued to be quiet you know it's hard to really see that you're going to get much out of him in the coming years. You know, Kyle Love's getting up there in age. You lost Kendrick Norton to the Dolphins, so you really don't have a lot. And you you maybe only have, what, one more year of Dantari Poe? So you don't really have a lot in the cupboard in defensive tackle. So I would expect at least at some point, maybe not in the first round, you know, but maybe at some point they do address the defensive tackle position. Uh, edge is definitely a position, you know, Julius Peppers and Mario Addison can't be there forever, especially Julius Peppers. So, you know, you, you gotta you gotta start getting younger at that position. Uh, offensive line definitely is a is a need. I know some people. I saw some people were saying wide receiver is a need, uh, but are are the Panthers going to take a receiver in the first round two years in a row? That's my only cons- that's my only question. Is would they spend the first round pick on a receiver? In back-to-back drafts, if they don't have a problem with that, then they very well could take, you know, a, a wide receiver. Um, you know, guys like Calvin Harmon could be there, Nikhil Harry, uh, Riley Ridley. There's there's a couple, <coughs> excuse me, there's a couple receivers that should be there at 16. But again, you just spent the 24th overall pick on a wide receiver last year in DJ Moore. Now, granted, um, Devin Funchess doesn't look like he's going to be in the future plans. I mean, his snap count had, seem, had slowly decreased uh, as the season wore on, leading up to him being inactive yesterday against the Saints. You know, it was it was more, uh, more of DJ Moore, more of Curtis Samuel. Uh, you got to see Ian Thomas a little bit more, um, as of course you know, the Panthers got a chance to look at some other players, uh, particularly you know they they got a nice look at Cameron Artis Payne as they yanked Christian McCaffrey after just one drive, but Devin Funches wasn't there. You know, Devin Funches was a surprise inactive especially for a Week 17 game that had no bearing for the Panthers other than starting to see what you could have 
going into 2019. So the fact that Devin Funches didn't play in this game does raise a little bit of a red flag in terms of uh, his his status with the team. So it is going to be interesting to see what they do. And, you know, again, it, it, it is possible that they go after a receiver. It's just, are they going to take one in round one or are they going to wait? And, and remember, we, you know, we, we've got free agency too, to talk about, but you know, for right now, we're just talking about uh, the 16th pick in the draft and uh, you know, some possible options. And again, I mentioned a couple of receivers. Again, you've got a couple edge guys that are, that could be there, guys like maybe uh, Ja'Kai Polite or uh, Rashawn Gary. You know, there's there's a, there's there's a couple guys too, and you know we'll obviously talk more as the months go by leading up to the draft, and you know especially in a couple of weeks when I'm down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. But that's kind of you know where things stand with the Panthers. Um, you know, so we'll take a quick break and we'll talk a little bit about the game on Sunday and then, you know, a little bit more of what the future holds. And then I'll, I'll give my take on uh, Ron Rivera staying and maybe a little bit on the the coaches that have been fired uh, at the time of this recording. You're listening to the Lockdown Panthers podcast with me, Bill Rossetti. Billy Rossetti back with you guys here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. We're going to touch quick on the game that was in Week 17. Panthers 33, Saints 14. So, again, Panthers finish the regular season 7-9 and nine as they avoid a double-digit loss season. They avoid a winless second half. They're at least able to salvage something out of this one. And... The Panthers didn't look too bad with Kyle Allen under center. I thought Kyle Allen looked pretty decent. Uh, I thought he looked like someone that, you know, took what the defense gave him and, you know, made some pretty good decisions at times. Uh, It didn't seem like they did anything really fancy with Kyle Allen, you know, kind of simplified things a little bit for him, but... Uh, for the most part, I, I thought Kyle Allen looked pretty comfortable and, you know, was able to get get the ball to some of his playmakers. You know, Curtis Samuel had a couple of catches and a touchdown. Ian Thomas found the end zone again. So nice to see uh, Ian Thomas catch a couple of touchdown passes down the stretch here to uh, give Panthers fans some hope at the tight end position after Greg Olson goes. And again, I've harped on Ian Thomas many times throughout the season. And the fact that he's made himself kind of a, a solid piece of this offense over the last couple of weeks bodes well for this team going into 2019 when you have Cam Newton back and healthy. Because I, I firmly believe that that chemistry that Cam Newton has had with Greg Olson over the last couple of years can very easily translate to a guy like Ian Thomas. And I think you know a healthy Cam Newton can just easily chuck it to Cam or to Ian Thomas a couple times. And then you look at you look at a guy like Curtis Samuel who caught a touchdown uh, 
yesterday. Very nice to see him come into his own during his second season. Again, we, we know his rookie season was riddled with injuries, and he was just you know, pretty much lost for the most part, and then he battled injury in the preseason. So for him to step up the way he did and really perform the way he did uh, is another nice piece going forward. And then, of course, DJ Moore, uh, four catches, 81 yards. <clears throat> Excuse me, just an, another... You know, he ends up, I think, with what the second most, re- second most receiving yards, I believe, by a by a rookie receiver. I think I read. So, you know, he DJ Moore may not be all the way there, but you saw the steady improvement as the season wore on. I think again, he's one of those guys that gave you some gave you some hope going into 2019. And then the defense. I mean. You know, the defense played pretty well. And, you know, it's not like it was some scrub that they were going up against a quarterback. It was Teddy Bridgewater, who uh, I still am a fan of and I believe deserves a shot to start somewhere. And I think him going into free agency, I think he's going to get that opportunity. You know, I I think there's definitely going to be some some places that are going to have some competition. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is worthy of coming in and at least competing for a starting job. And, you know, the Panthers held him to just 14 to 22 passing 118 yards, a touchdown and an interception. So, you know, the defense definitely, uh, definitely played pretty well. They did give up a hundred yard rusher, in Dwayne Washington, he rushed for 106 yards on 11 carries. Uh, but again, for both sides, this was more... Well, for the Panthers, it was more kind of evaluating what you have in 2019. The Saints, it was just a matter of giving their starters that extra week off, along with the bye week next week in the playoffs, before they host the divisional playoff in two weeks. But... <clears throat> You know, you take wins however you can get them. You feel encouraged however you can. And the fact that they, the Panthers won this game by 19 points is is a nice positive note to go into 2019 with. And as it turns out, it looks like at least the top guys are staying put. Ron Rivera will be back in 2019, as will Marty Herney as general manager. Uh, you know, there hasn't been any press conference or anything scheduled. David Tepper's not going to talk with anybody. So, and I mean, the, the reports were coming out yesterday. So I, I think we can feel pretty safe now saying that Ron Rivera will be back as head coach in 2019. But I, I will touch a bit too on, uh, at least give my thoughts on the head coaches that are gone in the NFL, including, of course, one in the NFC South, and it's that's one that's not really a surprise. Tampa Bay fired Dirk Cutter. You know, we, we, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, Tampa Bay was just a disappointment after those first two wins over the Saints and the Eagles. So, you know, he was a bit on the hot seat last year. They gave him another year. He goes 5-11, and 11, so I, I think the writing was on the wall. So... Not really surprised there that Dirk Cutter gets fired. Uh, also on Sunday, you saw the Jets fire Todd Bowles. Again, another one that's 
the the, the writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, four years couldn't lead them to the playoffs. Four and twelve this season. Uh, so I, at least these are positions. You know, these are two teams that um, are a little bit attractive. I would I would say the Jets more so than the Buccaneers because the Jets definitely have the a better future at quarterback and Sam Darnold versus Jameis Winston. But at least both with both teams, you're inheriting a top five pick in the draft. Jets will pick a number three Falcon or uh, Buccaneers at number five. In fact, speaking of teams with a high pick with a new coach, the Arizona Cardinals, number one pick in the draft. They'll have a brand new coach. They fired a uh, former Panthers defense coordinator, Steve Wilkes after just one year. And I mean, it is a little, on the one hand, you hate to see coaches get fired after just one year, but you get the sense that coaching, even with the roster the way it was, this coaching staff still held the Cardinals back a little bit. Um, perhaps with better coaching, they probably could have won a, a little bit more than three games. Uh, but nonetheless, Steve Wilkes is gone. So, you know, the new coach that comes in there, whoever it will be, will at least inherit the number one pick in the draft. Uh, Miami fired Adam Gase. And and really, a lot of these head, head coaching firings aren't a surprise. Uh, Miami just looked flat the last three games of the season. So, you know, they went from this was another team that started off pretty strong and then just faded away. Got blown out by the Vikings and what was basically a must-win. And then lost to the Jaguars at home to officially eliminate them from playoff contention. And then they get blown out by the Bills in Week 17 to finish 7-9. and nine. So Gase is gone from Miami. Uh, Vance Joseph gone after two years with the Broncos. Back-to-back losing seasons. Again, I think another situation where you know the coaching staff just kind of held back a lot of the talent there. Uh, and then, of course, we know Cleveland and Green Bay had the in-season firings. And then Cincinnati finally did it. The Bengals fired Marvin Lewis after 15 seasons. But, I mean, they almost had to do it. Remember, once upon a time, this team was 4-1 and one at the start of the season. And then they went on to lose 9-11 of 11 to end the season and finish at 6-10. and 10. So... Marvin Lewis finally out as Bengals head coach. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, you know, who fills those roles. We're hearing Josh McDaniels' name floating around again, Uh, Brian Flores, uh, a couple others. I even wrote a piece over at Bengals Wire of a couple, couple potential candidates for the Bengals head coaching job. But as far as the Panthers... Doesn't look like there's going to be a Black Monday there. Ron Rivera looks safe. And look, I get some people want change, but uh, I think he should get at least one more one more go around as Panthers head coach. And if things falter next year, then I think you reevaluate in 2020 and then maybe you move on. But Ron Rivera ha- still has led this team to the playoffs in what is it, four out of the last six years, uh, including, of course, an appearance in the Super Bowl. You know, so th- this is obviously a down year, but I think Rivera at least 
should get a chance to bounce this team back. But again, if it's another failed year, then I think you move on in 2020. But uh, nonetheless, like like and like I said on the, on the previous episode, I think it was Friday's episode. I do expect a lot of changes within the coaching staff, you know, as far as assistant coaches and things like that. And of course, we saw during this, you know a few weeks ago they fired two of their assistant coaches, including Brady Hoke. That I think was kind of the start of something in terms of the quote-unquote sweeping changes in in the coaching staff. So. In that aspect, I do expect some changes. I wouldn't be surprised if they look for, or if they decide to make a change at the defensive coordinator spot. But uh, you you do see Ron Rivera back. I I expect North Turner will be back as offensive coordinator. But after that, it's very up in the air as far as. You know who who's going to fill some of these roles, but it'll be it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. You know, following what the Panthers do with some of their coaches, and then of course tracking the head coaching candidates of the now eight teams that'll be looking for a head coach. And then of course, as we continue on, you know, we'll look at free agency. We'll look more at the draft, and like I said. Uh, th- three weeks from now, I will be in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. It's hard to believe it's coming up quick, but um, should be should be a fun time. But uh, you know that that pretty much puts a bow on the season. Obviously, it was a very up and down season. It started off very promising, and then the Pittsburgh game happened, and the Panthers never recovered. Now, funnily enough. The Steelers faded as well. Remember, the Steelers at one point, I think it was after that game, or the week after, but at one point the Steelers were 7-2-1, and and I believe sitting in the number two spot in the AFC. And now here they are out of the playoffs. You know, they did get to 9-6-1, but but it's not enough. 9-6-1 was not enough. Funnily enough, for both the Steelers and the Vikings, those ties effectively cost them a playoff spot. Because if you think about it, if the Steelers would have won the game that they tied against the Browns, they would have been 10-6. They would have been tied with the Ravens. They would have won the division on division record because that would have put them at 5-1 in the division as the Ravens and Steelers split. And then similar to the Vikings, if that tie against the, the Packers ends up being a win for them, <clears throat> that would put them at 9-7. and seven. They would have been tied with the Eagles for the sixth spot, and the Vikings beat the Eagles head-to-head. So sometimes the tie works in your favor. Sometimes, as we see in this case, the tie works against you. So the tie is effectively... Keep those teams out of the playoffs. So pretty ironic that the Steelers kind of bounced the Panthers in a sense, but the Steelers failed to make it as well. 
Uh, but nonetheless, it should be a very interesting playoff. I think there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of good teams in these playoffs. It, it should be very interesting. Uh, of course, only one representative from the NFC South, but they are the number one seed, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Rams also getting the first round by. It'll be the Eagles visiting the Bears in what should be a very good game. A little over 30 years to the day of the Fog Bowl. Actually, today is the 30th anniversary of the Fog Bowl between those two teams. And then the Cowboys will be home against the Seahawks. Uh, Cowboys-Seahawks is Saturday. Eagles-Bears is Sunday. And then the playoffs will actually start Saturday afternoon with the Colts visiting the Texans. What a run by the Colts, too. Nine of their last ten games were wins to get to ten and six. Remember, this team was one and five. But then they go to, go on to win nine of ten to get the six seed at ten and six. They will visit the Texans, and that should be that should be a good game. And then, arguably the best game of Wild Card Weekend comes Sunday afternoon when the Chargers take on the Ravens. Of course, the Chiefs and the Patriots have first round buys there. <clears throat> so that's that's Wild Card Weekend, and then. Real quick before we get out of here, uh, in continuing to look at 2019, we will take a quick look because now we know, of course, the opponents for the 2019 regular season for the Carolina Panthers. Of course, we knew four, 14 of the games well in advance because you know based on the rotation we know 14 games um, years in advance so we knew going in all but two games the results yesterday helped solidify the final two games on the Panther schedule based on where they finished in the NFC South as well as where the who finished third in the East and the North because the rotation gives them the NFC West and the AFC South next season. And then it was the third place finishers in the NFC East and NFC North. So your 2019 opponents for the Carolina Panthers are as follows. They, of course, have their six division games. So their home games will be against the Buccaneers, the Falcons, and the Saints, as usual. Then they will host the Rams and the Seahawks out of the NFC West, and then the Jaguars and Titans out of the AFC South. And then they're scheduled to play at home against the same place finisher in the NFC East. So that winds up being the Washington Redskins. So they will they will see Alex Smith and company again. Well, hopefully Alex Smith is well enough to at least play next season and then play in that game. But they will be home against the Redskins. So again, Bucks, Falcons, Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Jaguars, Titans, and Redskins at home. And then on the road against the Buccaneers, Falcons, and Saints. The 49ers, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Texans. And then at the same place finisher in the NFC North. So that would be at the team that finished third. And that was the Green Bay Packers. So the, a trip to Lambeau is on the schedule for the Carolina Panthers. 
So again, Bucks, Falcons, Saints, 49ers, Cardinals, Colts, Texans, and Packers on the road. <laughs> so looking real quick, that means the Panthers will play five games. Wait. As, as far as teams that made the playoffs, you have two games against the Saints. You have the Rams, the Seahawks, the Colts, and the Texans. So they'll play six games against teams that made the playoffs in 2018. And then add the Titans, and you'll have seven games against teams that finished with a winning record. So, you know, uh, obviously... A tough schedule on paper with the NFC South or the NFC West rather, but at least the the Panthers have the top two teams, the Rams and the Seahawks, at home, whereas they'll be on the road against the 49ers and the Cardinals. Uh, they do have to travel. Of course, the AFC South sent two teams to the playoffs: the Colts and the Texans. And the Panthers will visit the two of them. They'll be home against the Jaguars. And the Titans. So, on paper, on paper, you know, obviously a bunch of good teams, and of course the entire NFC South is the same way. The only difference, of course, are those two uh, non-common games. Uh, the Panthers essentially have the same the same schedule as the Falcons, as they will also be home against the Rams, Seahawks, Jags, and Titans, and visit the Niners, Cardinals, Colts, and Texans. The Bucks and Saints have that flipped. So they'll be home against the Niners, Cardinals, Colts, Texans, and so on. They'll visit the Rams, Seahawks, Jags, and Titans. And then the non-common games. So the Saints will be home against the Cowboys, visit the Bears. Falcons will host the Eagles, visit the Vikings. Panthers again host the Redskins, visit the Packers. The Buccaneers will be home against the Giants and on the road against the Lions. So that's your 2019 list of opponents for the Carolina Panthers and effectively the entire NFC South, as it turns out. Uh, so that'll do it for this edition, and that'll do it for 2018. Uh, like I said Friday, really appreciate all the support you guys have given me this year. Really excited to continue on this journey with you guys. Uh, and again, hope to uh, hope to uh, continue rolling with, with you guys as we get into 2019. So I just want to wish you and yours a happy and healthy new year. Enjoy counting down to 2019. Uh, enjoy whatever it is you do when the clock strikes midnight. So take care of yourselves. And have a happy new year, and we will see you in 2019 right here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Until then, Bill Rossetti saying take care, my friends, and we'll see you next year.